All right. Hello and welcome just alive. This is giving you something to talk about or just alive TV as I like to call it. Welcome to season two, season two, episode one of just alive TV. Today we are talking about has touch become taboo and I'm really excited for this episode. I think it's going to be really amazing. Uh, today's episode has been sponsored by Phoenix Identity. Um, if you want to live a truly positive life, and we're not talking the toxic positivity, but a real positive life, the one where you can process, heal, and grow from negativity, check out the Embrace Your Positivity introduction to the Rockstar Method today. Link in the description. So go and check that out. Again, Phoenix Identity. Um, so I'm going to hand it over to our uh, guest speaker today, Edie Weinstein, to, why don't you introduce yourself? Sure. Okay. As you said, Edie Weinstein, I am what I call a professional hyphenate, a renaissance woman. I've got a lot of different hats that I wear. I'm a licensed social worker. I'm also a psychotherapist, interfaith minister, journalist, book author, but I'll speaker, um, teacher, PR and marketing person. And I'm the founder of a really fun organization called Hug Mobsters Armed with Love which I'll tell you more about a little bit later. We offer free hugs worldwide. I love that. Um, Thank you. You, you know what? I've been doing interviews the last few weeks. I've been doing a ton of interviews prepping for, for season two. And while I'm going through these interviews, so many, so many multi-passionate people, so many people following dreams that are exponential right there's no there's they're limitless and, and I love that that you have so many hats that you wear so this is this is a topic I I really enjoyed and and that's why it clicked for me when when we did the pre-screening because touch has become just this this thing where it's not okay and it's taboo and it's not allowed and you know I go you know you go to a I'm going to backtrack that for a second because I'm kind of messing up my words here. But if you work, let's say you work in the corporate space or you work anywhere where you have coworkers and you see these coworkers on a daily basis and you're not allowed to touch them. You're not allowed to pat them on the shoulder. You're not allowed to, you know, give them a hug. You're not allowed. You're, there's so many things you're not allowed to do today because it's taboo, because it's sexual harassment or you know whatever you touch anybody and there's a fear associated with that and that's where I'm going with this is there's become a societal fear of human touch well I think I don't know that it's become I think it's there's always been that overlay of of fear of other people and if people's intentions everybody's intentions were loving, kind, pure, um, non-sexual, unless invited, um, then th this wouldn't be an issue. It also depends on where you work. I'm a psychotherapist. I work with coworkers who are very nurturing, who are comfortable with hugs. Um, I worked in a psychiatric hospital for 12 years. My coworkers, for the most part, were very comfortable with hugs. So it depends. If you're in you know, straight lace, suit and tie, corporate environment, then yeah, probably not, in part because of the hashtag Me Too movement, because of people's intentions. So a lot of the work that I do, both in my practice and out in the world, is about 
touch by consent, platonic touch by consent. And always the rule is ask first and don't touch unless it's a verbal yes. You know, so that's I, one way to counter it. So another version of that would be for the, the opposite spectrum of that, where absolutely ask for consent. But if you go to give somebody a hug because they're upset or you pat somebody on the back because they've done a good job, if you're the person receiving the touch, and, and this I'm going to speak specifically to the people who are receiving the touch, to remove the fear and the stigma of touch being taboo, if somebody touches you and you don't like it, or if somebody touches you and you don't like being touched, if somebody touches you when you find it inappropriate, they may not know that. And I think that I'm trying to play devil's advocate here because they absolutely may not know that's not, that's the, that that's not okay with you. You need to right. vocalize that. Use your words, use your hand, whatever you need to do to communicate or however you communicate positively and say, you know what, that really makes me feel uncomfortable. Please don't touch me. Um, mm -hmm. Or whatever that looks like. And instead of, and, and I think one of the fears that comes along with that is if somebody touches you, you can't just go to HR and say, oh, this person touched me and cause cause issues for people who have no intention right, of right. creating that, that unsafe feeling for you. Right. So one way to, to prevent that kind of reaction is if you see a coworker, regardless of the setting, visibly upset where they're crying, you could say, would you like a hug? Can I hold your hand? Is there something that I can do to support you? Yeah. Um, don't automatically assume, even if you know the person well, because even the most com you know, touch comfortable person or touch positive person at some time in their lives, they might not be comfortable with it. And the one offering, what I encourage you to think about is it's nothing personal. If someone is touch avoidant, there's all kinds of reasons why that might be true. Um, they're the people that are the least comfortable with touch may have craved it in childhood, but the only kind of touch that they received was abusive, sexual or coercive. Mm -hmm. So there are people walking around with trauma that we have no clue about. Mm -hmm. So that's some of the reason. Um, some of it is, I'm not sure what this person's intention is. You know, if a coworker goes to hug me, how do I know they're not coming on to me? Don't make the assumption when in doubt, ask either way, whether you're on the giving or the receiving end. Um, if somebody comes at you like a about you say, um, thank you. And I'm not really comfortable with touch. It's not, it's not personal. Yeah. I'm just not comfortable with touch. Um, have those conversations with your friends and coworkers. Um, that I think that's part of it is what we don't talk about becomes stigmatized, becomes demonized. So I don't, I've never worked in a straight lace mainstream corporate setting hospitals I work for corporations, but again, considering that they're mental health focused, they're a little more open to talking about in not in a rigid HR kind of way, but in a, we're all people working together in the trenches kind of way. What are some positive ways we can support each other that don't make people uncomfortable? Yeah. Um, my own experience. I I'm a hugger. I always have been, always will be. I'm a hugger. And everywhere I went, if, if I just met you, I'd be like, hey, give me a hug, right? Like I was always a hugger, but at home and even in my own social circles, 
If somebody asks me for a hug, you know, if I'm feeling up for it, absolutely. But even my own children and, and as a mother, so if anybody watching is a parent, please listen to this because it's okay to do this. My daughter will come up to me and she'll say, mom, can I have a hug? And I'll be like, I think I ask myself if that's okay, because I need, I need to know whether that's okay for me at that point. But there are times my daughter will come up, no communication, and she, she will be right in, like right in here. And I'm like bubble. And that's all I say is bubble. Like you need to get out of my bubble right now. I am a very bubble specific person. I don't like people in my bubble unless I'm going to give a hug, unless, you know, I've, I, I'm craving the snuggles. I am a very don't touch me person unless I want to be touched. Okay. And everybody has that right. Mm-hmm. Um, what I, you said something in the, just a moment ago that I want to twist, you know, turn a little bit. Instead of saying, give me a hug, I was like, I was just interviewed by somebody recently about this. Instead of saying, give me a hug, what I might say is, would you like a hug? May I offer you a hug? Because when you say, and I'm not trying to, you know, give you a hard time. That's when I was a teen. (laughs) But but the language is, um, you know, what might be helpful is to say, would you like a hug? Can we share a hug? Because when you say, give me a hug, it's like, I'm taking this from you. And as somebody who wants to set her own boundaries, there's if no somebody said to you, give me a hug, you're like, mm, you know, um, how old is your daughter? My daughter's 13 going on 14. I think it's amazing that she wants to hug you. <laughs> First of all, that's a good thing. My 21 um, year old, eight, my 21 year old, 19 year old, 14 year old and eight year old. I'll ask. Um, and I'll right. hug me. My, my 21 year old is who's walking out the door. Hug. <laughs> like he already knows to yeah. give mom a yeah. hug before he leaves. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I think it's, it's hugely important to teach boundaries to children. I've got a three-year-old grandson and a nine-month-old granddaughter who I watch every morning. And when Dean was old enough to understand boundaries, rather than saying, give, you know, give Bubby's Yiddish for grandmother, give Bubby a hug on the way out the door. I'd say, would you like a hug? Sometimes he would say, no. I said, okay, can we do fist bumps? Can we do high fives? Can you blow kisses? because I wanted some kind of acknowledgement that I was leaving and that he understood transition. Like I'm not, I'm going to work. The next shift is coming in. The other grandparents or his aunt are coming in. So now he'll, he'll dive right in for a hug. Um, He's got a nine month old baby sister. So on the days that he goes to preschool, my son will say, okay, you know, hugs and kisses for Bubby and Lucy, Lucy's baby. And he'll come right in and he'll, you know, he'll be very smoochy. Um, but that's, I think, because he knows he has a choice. And my feelings won't be hurt if he doesn't want to hug. Yeah, it, absolutely. You know? So teaching children body sovereignty, bubbles. Like when I work with little kids, um, I talk to them about nobody comes in your bubble unless you want them to. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, little kids are like all over each other sometimes. And the other thing I teach them is that if somebody says, go hug aunt so-and-so and you don't want to, you have that right. So to parents who are listening, kids have every right, even if it's somebody they know and love to, you know, to say no, um, to say that they're not, you know, um, they're not comfortable. Yeah. That's teaching consent. Yep. Absolutely. Um, absolutely. I, you know, I've told my kids to hug it out if they don't want to fine. Right. Um, 
when I said give, absolutely have to comment on that. But when I said give, um, that was when I was younger, right? It was like, give me yeah. I don't, I'm, I'm not, because I respect my own bubble and my own sovereignty and my own body, I mm-hmm. then will reciprocate and respect other people, mm-hmm. right? Like if it's, good, mama, it's automatic, right? Like we hug and kiss. That's not a, that, that's totally different. My husband, I even still ask, right? Can I have a hug? Or my kids, can I have a hug? They, we, we have that wording, wording down, which gives you the option it gives you the power it gives you the choice it gives you the ability to consent or or dissent whether or not you you want that hug or that or that intimate touch absolutely and you you made a point about communication communication is the key there right and and i see so many people not communicating and then they go to anger or they go to hurt or they go to um, disconnect with whoever it is that they're, that they're having that conversation with, Mm -hmm. because one, when you go in to give somebody a hug, you're making yourself vulnerable, right? Right. There is, there is a level of vulnerability in there, but if somebody goes, nope, nope, without explaining it or, and, and you don't have to explain it, right? right? But there's that level of vulnerability communicating that, Hey, you know, I just, I'm not, I, I really am not feeling uncomfortable or, you know, saying some to say, understanding the intent behind somebody else. Right. Um, I'm not comfortable giving a hug or, you know, Oh, uh, you don't want a hug. I'm sorry. Right. And just understanding that that has nothing to do with you. Right. Right. Somebody just doesn't want a hug. It has nothing to do with you. They are saying no, because they have right. right. If somebody wants a hug and you don't, you have that right. You don't have the right to force the touch on other people. (laughs) You're right. That is where society is, right? Is that difference between consensual and non-consensual. And when we talk about hugs and kisses and pats on the back and pats on the shoulder, many of those are, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Many of those are innocent, right? The intent is very innocent. But there, there are those few who it's not innocent and it's a power grab or an intimidation tactic or whatever that looks like. That's when you communicate. No, that's not okay. And I encourage people to trust their spidey sense, trust their gut. If something feels uncomfortable, it may not be about that person. It may be triggering a memory for you when of a time when your choice was taken from you. When your body sovereignty was taken from you. So it's important to say, I'm just not comfortable with this. One of the things that I did before the pandemic, um, and I'm hoping to do it again sometime soon, um, is uh, I facilitated a workshop called Cuddle Party, um, which is cuddleparty.com is the website. And it was communi- it's a communication, boundary setting, safe, nurturing, consensual touch workshop, platonic touch. And adults attend in PJ sweats or yoga clothes. So it's about um, setting boundaries. It's about understanding what you're a yes to in your life and what you're a no to. And after the welcome circle, which explains all of that, some icebreaker exercises, then there is about two and a half hours of spooning, snuggling, massage, nuzzling, all with consent each time you interact with somebody. And one of the concepts we talk about is you may be comfortable with the person, but not the kind of touch that they're offering. 
So it's not necessarily anything personal. So in the workshop, people say, I'm comfortable with this kind of touch, not comfortable with this kind of touch. So it's a lab setting for them to practice in a three hour workshop, what they would like to be able to feel like in their day-to-day lives. Um, now, pre, now, pre-pandemic, this wouldn't have been as much of an issue as it is now because you add the extra layer of, you know, afraid of, of catching COVID. So early on in the pandemic, we're coming up on three years now as we're, we're doing this, this show. When, it, when we were first told how dangerous it was, <clears throat> my fear kicked in like, oh my God, what if we can never touch again? And I thought, all right, that is not going to happen because humans are hardwired for touch. How is it possible that we could be created to have this, this need? skin hunger need only for it to be taken away forever. So shortly afterward, I had a dream where we were able to hug again, but back to back or back to front like spooning. So that told me that at least we could do that. And now all this time later, I do feel safe and comfortable hugging people, not, not comfortable yet facilitating a cuddle party because people are in each other's faces doing that. But um, I've started doing, a little bit, the free hugs kind of thing, yeah. uh, because that's something that I did prior to the pandemic too. That was the the, uh, the hug mobsters work that I did, and how that got started. Um, Valentine's Day weekend of 2014, I brought a group of friends to 30th Street Station, which is a big train station in Philadelphia, for a free hugs flash mob. And in an hour's time, I estimated we hugged eh, maybe 200 people, and all by consent. If people said no, we said okay, enjoy your day, hug somebody, even if it's yourself. <clears throat> so during the um, hug, the free hugs flash mob, uh, a man approached us. He was an Iraq war vet who said he was the only survivor of his platoon and he had survivor's guilt. And he said, I thought about killing myself until I met you people because you give me hope. Can I join you? Gave him his own sign. He was off to the races hugging people. So I had this thought like, oh, my God, hugs save lives. Fast forward to June of that year on the way home from the gym, I had a heart attack. I was 55 years old, totally out of the blue. As part of my cardiac rehab, um, I walked around my little town of Doylestown, Pennsylvania, about an hour outside of Philadelphia. And I thought, why don't I combine hugging with walking? So I started doing free hug strolls. And I'd have my, you know, my sign for that. Friends started calling us hug mobsters, like flash mob, hug mob. And I added the tagline, armed with love to counteract the violent images associated with mobsters. So since then, I've, I've hugged thousands of people, including in Canada. Um, as I was, you know, I was telling you um, a few years ago, I was there in the Toronto area visiting some friends. Um, I hugged my way across Ireland in 2018, hugged in front of the White House, hugged in front of the, um, the Veterans Memorial in DC, in New York City, all, you know, everywhere that I go, I try to carry a little free hug sign. And that was partly what my TEDx talk was about, called Overcoming the Taboo of Touch. And everything that you and I spoke about was part of that talk. So if people want to watch it, Overcoming the Taboo of Touch. And I encourage people to have a healthy touch life, whatever that means for you. Yeah, absolutely. Um a hashtag, do you like hugs? So anybody watching, just so you know, if you have never watched the show or if you're, you know, catching in with the show and you're a longstanding member, 
when we're doing these live episodes, please feel free to jump in, comment your experiences, have any questions, answer the question. Do you like hugs, right? Do you like being touched? Do you have any of those situations? This show is all about getting you involved in the conversation. It's giving you something to talk about. And that's the purpose of the show and why we do it. So to have this as our first episode of season two makes me really happy because it isn't just what everybody's saying. Touch isn't a bad thing. It is a healing thing. When I'm feeling down or I'm feeling dis, uh, disorganized or discontent, you know, I tell my husband, I need some TLC. I need, I need some, some physical. If you haven't heard of the five love languages, mine is physical touch. I am a physical touch intimacy that that is me. I need the physical touch, the intimacy, um, the contact that comes with physical touch and it feeds my soul. It builds me up. So there are people like me who love touch when I need it or when I want it, of course, when there's consent. But um, Mm -hmm. I think to reiterate, and, and if you don't mind, I'll reiterate is touch is vital consensual versus non-consensual identify the intention behind a touch make sure that if somebody touches you at work in public uh, in your home that you don't like communicate that you don't like it Um, their intention may not be to make you feel uncomfortable please remember that Um, you are in charge of your body, your space, your bubble, teach your children what it means to consent and not consent. If you have aunts that, you know, grandma or aunt wants a hug, go give them a hug. If the kid says no, let the kid say no. Um, it is up to them. So make sure that you are taking those moments to communicate and just really feel into yourself. Are you comfortable being touched? And if not speak up other thing that, that became abundantly clear since the pandemic started was for people who are living alone, it's important to do nurturing self-touch. Um, I did a lot of self-hugs. I did a lot of bundling up in, in fuzzy blankets, hugging teddy bears, hugging pillows, animals. hugging trees. I don't have any animals in my home. Um, but the first mammal that I hugged during the pandemic was my cousin's dog. I went to visit um, my cousin Jody and we sat like 20 back when, you know, when the, the distance was six feet, we we're sitting like 20 feet away from each other. I was in her yard. She was on her deck <clears throat> and her, her dog, Maddie, who's a chocolate lab was running back and forth between us. And she was muddy and I didn't care. <laughs> you know, she jumped on my lap and it was like, Oh my God. And I cried. Mm-hmm. The first time I touched another living, breathing human being, I cried. Um, my grandson was born in January of 2020. So he was the best thing that happened to our family that year. And I was part of the caregiving team until, you know, we, we had to isolate. I went for 11 weeks without being with my family who lived, they lived about half an hour away, but I was used to being there almost every day. And that was the hardest part was being separated from this little bundle. And now I'm there, you know, I'm there five days a week you know, with, with him and with the baby. So if you are living alone, if you're not with a lot of people, if you're not part of a community, um, hug yourself, you know, do whatever helps meet that skin hunger for yourself. Mm -hmm. Because we, you know, human beings need it for, for survival. Um, There was a psychologist named Virginia Satir 
And what she said was that we need at least four hugs a day just for survival, eight hugs a day for maintenance, and 12 hugs a day optimal. Unless I'm with my grandkids, I don't do 12 hugs a day. When I'm with friends, I'll, you know, we'll hug, but I'm not with friends every day either. So it's just something to think about is everybody has a different hug quotient that they need. Some people are fine with four hugs a day. Some people, you know, for 12 hugs a day, that isn't even enough. (laughs) So ask yourself, what do I need to feel embraced? Not just physically embraced, but emotionally embraced. Yeah. Yeah. When, when you're upset or you're, you know, just anytime, hug is, is a hug. It's so, when somebody wraps their arms around you and you wrap your arms around them and you just, you rest your head on their shoulder or them on your shoulder, it's, it's a release, right? You're, it's, it's almost like you're, you're letting go in that moment and releasing yourself and just being in the moment. And that's what I think it does. So spiritually speaking, you're centering yourself, you're grounding yourself when you give a hug because you're focused entirely on that hug, how it feels, who you're with, everything in that moment, you're focused on that. And it's hugs are powerful. Absolutely, they are. And what I've started doing is hugging heart to heart, like left side to left side. There are people that aren't comfortable like that, but that's how I feel like it like it's most comfortable. And I also tend to do like a maternal hug. So if I'm hugging someone, I'll sometimes put my hand on the back of their head. Mm-hmm. Like if I'm hugging you, my hand would be on the back, excuse my hand in the, in the middle of the camera here, <laughs> but my hand would be on the back of your head, kind of um, not pushing, but just lightly resting. And people have sighed saying, oh, that feels so good. You know, feel it feels very maternal. Um, speaking of maternal, um, there's, Uh, a group called Free Mom Hugs. Have you ever heard of that? No, I haven't. Okay. Um, Sarah Cunningham is a mom in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. And I'm thinking it was 2014. I've got to check the date. But um, her son came out to her as a gay man. And she was um, a very devout Christian and went into panic mode thinking, how can I choose between God and my son? And she realized, ultimately, thank goodness, that she didn't need to. He invited her to a pride fest in Oklahoma City, and she made a button that said free mom hugs with the idea that chances are when people came out to their moms, they didn't hug them. So she said she was going to do that. And she left her her church, became an interfaith minister, um, married same-sex couples, and is also a stand-in mom at same-sex weddings. Um, where she says, if your mom won't be there, I will, and I'll bring the bubbles. And Jamie Lee Curtis heard about her, and they're creating a movie together about Sarah. And she she looks a bit like Jamie Lee Curtis. So free mom hugs and free dad hugs all over the world as well. So I, I do that. I go to Pride Fest in my area, and I do the free mom hugs thing there. Yeah, I should totally do that. I think yeah. for our next Pride yeah. Festival in Winnipeg, I will be doing that myself. Good. Look up free mom hugs. I don't know if it's .org or .com and you can learn more about it. I will definitely do that. Cool. All right. Is there anything you'd like to add before we get going? Yeah. Um, I encourage people to check out what I do. Uh, my website is www.opti-mystical.com. 
M-Y-S-T-I-C-A-L.com. Where that name came from is I had a dream or in meditation, the words came to me. You're not just an optimist. You're an optimistic who sees the world through the eyes of possibility. I'm also on Facebook. Again, check out the TEDx talk, Overcoming the Taboo of Touch. And I encourage people to take a moment right now, if you like, to wrap your arms around yourself. Take a deep breath. And give yourself all the love that you would like to offer someone else if they happen to be in the room with you. And as much as you feel like you need to, ask to have your healthy touch needs met. Respect other people's boundaries, respect your boundaries, and just enjoy life to the fullest. Yep, absolutely. All right. Well, if any of you would like to connect with either myself or Edie, please do so. Our links are in the description of this episode. Whether we're live or we're on the replay, please feel free to comment, message us, let us know what you think. If you want to learn more, again, you can find us both links in the description. Our sponsor today, Phoenix Identity. Make sure you go and check the Embrace Your Emotions Guide or Embrace Your Positivity Guide. Go and check that out if you want to live a more positive, happy, healthy life. I am your host, Melissa Kretschler. I am very excited to see you guys for season two, episode one. Join us every day, Monday through Friday. Join the conversation, start conversations of your own. And remember, you're never alone. So lots of love. Thank you so much, Edie, for joining me today. And I will see all of you on the next episode. Bye.